I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza, I'm Alan Rickert. And this, this is Dispatches, Dispatches from, from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. With us, as always, is Jen on the ether. And our special guest <laughs> is Lou Morton. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, everybody. So, this is episode one of season three. Uh, it's the first episode that actually looks good on the DVDs. The other DVDs kind of don't look good. They're not that... It's crisper on this one. They're very handsome. I just feel like I should point that out. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I, I don't know if the lighting changed or if it's just different it's, film camera. Uh, well, I think it's because they compressed it onto fewer DVDs, fewer discs. Oh, that's probably why. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> when did you join the show? I joined the show at the beginning of season two. The beginning of season two. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. We should have had well, you earlier. Uh, do you show. remember what the, the episode was that you like started working on? Uh Probably Goofy Ball, I think. It was whatever the first one was of, of season two. Oh, okay. But, uh, so very yeah. beginning, very beginning. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, and season, season two, we kind of added a ton of writers. And season three, we we went in with the writing staff that we kind of kept all the way through season four. So mm -hmm. the gang was all together. Yeah. Did, how long did it like take for you to like like gel into it? Or was it like right immediately? Like It was... It, it was pretty quick because none of us knew any we, we all were very young mm -hmm. we all were most of us came from out of los angeles and moved to los angeles for the show and most of us didn't really know a lot of other people outside the show so we would just kind of hang out at the offices 24 hours a day <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't really have anywhere else to go and we would just hang out and play video games and play doom and uh <laughs> awesome and and we, there were rumors around about how uh, Paul would keep us up all night. We would write all night, and but that was mainly because we didn't have anywhere else to go, and we would just screw around <laughs> until midnight, and then just start. We'd start working at midnight. It's amazing. So it it at, I couldn't do it now, but at the time mm -hmm. it was it was super fun. What gig did you jump from? From Saturday Night Live. I was just gonna say. Yeah. So that makes perfect yeah. sense. Uh -huh, Saturday Night Live, where I worked with uh, Brian Kelly. Mm -hmm. And uh, a bunch of a bunch of stories ended up being about our time at Saturday Night Live because mm -hmm. it's sort of the only office we knew. So yeah. we were trying to write about like office stories that actually happened to us. And it was only that was that was the, the the sum of our experience as adults, right? Tinged with this flavor of being twenty and like having insane hours and yeah. probably probably way too close with people. I'm assuming, uh, or no. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. No, we were all we were all friends. We're still friends. We still all we were texting this morning, and, and we're all in the we're all in the fantasy football league. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Who's winning? Uh, last year, Paul won, which was uh, just a 
terrible catastrophe. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's not one to let anyone forget it. Um, just for the sake of consistency, I'll just point out this aired uh, uh, September 18th, 1996. Mm. We will talk about the plot, but um, so w- do you remember what the first like full episode you wrote was? It's uh, a good question. Um, I co-wrote uh, Rat Funeral with Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I think the way it worked is I wrote the scenes that were easy to write, and he wrote the scenes that were hard to write, probably. <laughs> okay. And then I don't I don't remember what the first one was I wrote. Um, Massage Chair might have been the first one I wrote that large parts of my script were kept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember. I remember listening to your guys' podcast about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I'll, I'll be darned if I remember what it was. It was, it was a very long time ago. <laughs> so do you, uh, just because I'm not familiar, especially with the well. The sitcom process you guys get get in a room then and talk about like ideas for the episodes and then somebody writes a little piece or is it sometimes the full or how does that work the way we did is different than the way a lot of sitcoms do it um where we didn't have a writer's room it's like we like most most shows most of the time the writers hang out in one room like all on couches or all around a conference table and we had that room the conference table but we we would only use it for lunch Sort of by, as a matter of pride, we would only use it for lunch. And what we would do is we would sit around Paul's office and sort of figure out the beats of the story. Mm. And then Paul would write an outline, generally. And then we would split up the outline and each take a scene. Mm. And then you'd write, your, you'd write a scene in the first act and a scene in the second act, generally. Okay. And then while this was happening, Paul would be asleep. <laughs> and then, like, uh, uh, Brad Isaacs or Josh would kind of take all of the, or Josh Lee would take everyone's scenes and kind of stitch them together, make sure the script made even a lick of sense. Sure. And then wake up Paul <laughs> and then give it to Paul, and then Paul would do his pass. And then at the last possible second before they had to print it to give it to the actors on the stage, Paul would hand it in, they'd print it and give it to the actors on the stage. Um, At first Blanche, that sounds impossible. It it is. It was sort of like we we were, you know, it's very much without a net, and it very much depended on everyone handing in a usable scene, and Mm -hmm. it very much depended on Paul doing that last pass very well and very quickly every time. Yeah. So it's sort of like like you know we're 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 working without a net. Whereas the way most shows do it is that will be all that'll be all in a room where Mm -hmm. everyone will be in the room and the script will be up like on a big screen Mm -hmm. and people, well, we need a joke here and everyone will pitch on the joke and the one that makes everyone laugh will go in the script, which is a perfectly fine way to do it. Sure. But I feel like if you're you're a young writer and you're learning to write, going off and being made to write two scenes every day is great. Yeah. 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 Every every once in a while you get to actually write a script with your name on it that... um, where like you'd write an outline and Paul would revise the outline then you'd write the whole script and then the whole, then then the process would begin but a lot of times while we were shooting an episode there would be four people up in the office writing the script for the next day's table read that's insane oh, wow. that's insane <laughs> did you was there like a feeling of i mean Saturday night lives notorious for being excessively competitive so was it a huge change or was there still competition at all. No, we were all friends, which was it's weird great. coming from Sonnet Live. Yeah. Mm. Where, like, when I first got there, I pulled Josh Lieb aside and it's like, well, who, 
who are we against? <laughs> and, uh, he thought I was crazy because he he had never worked at a snake pit like Silent Life. But, yeah, um, it's just a different, a different it was a different vibe. Well, uh, one of the commentaries they said that Phil Hartman was the same way with the cast. Like he thought someone was going to try to like Eat snag him. his joke or what, or like, mm-hmm. like upstage. But and then he found out that it wasn't that way, and he, they gelled a lot better. But uh, I mean, I I. Guess I don't have a question there. <laughs> but if it was in the commentary, it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do you think it's and and again, this would be complete conjecture on your part, so that's fine. Does it come from like the different type of writers' room that ha- happens to populate like a late night show where it does seem to be like go off, do your shit, and come back see what and pitch it at your? I think we all came from variety mm-hmm. i think it's just the way paul liked to do it i think yeah. paul just didn't enjoy writers rooms yeah i can understand which that. uh it's the way it's the way now the show i work on now is veep we mm-hmm. don't we don't really use a writer's room either we right do the same thing you still use paul's office even though he's not involved with you know that. i uh <laughs> i worked uh i i i after working at a, a news radio years later i got a job at this show called undeclared which was sort of mm-hmm. like judd apatow's mm-hmm sort of semi-sequel to Freaks and Geeks. And I was in the same offices. And uh, I was in the same building, no in the kidding. same offices. And my office was the writer's room room that was only used for lunch. And I would constantly be walking. Like, I had I had, like grown up in these offices. And, like, I would constantly be walking into into other people, like my old office, which was someone else's office, and just forgetting, I would forget what I was doing there. And they That's would so weird. Gently leave me away. <laughs> They're like, but I'm not supposed to go in there. It's only for lunch. <laughs> right. I, I got to point out, too, uh, when Undeclared, when that got canceled, because it, it had a very short run, I remember my brother calling me and like being ticked off, like, it's not coming back. Yeah, so, I was pretty ticked off as well. No. I, I, had, I, I, can, I can imagine. Yeah. Your brother also a big fan of news radio. You want to give your brother a shout out on the on? The, we've never given yeah, him a shout out on the show. That's right. Uh, this is uh, for Derek Rickert, uh, uh, as big a fan <laughs> as we are. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Lou says hi. Hi, Derek. <laughs> Way to speak for our guest. Yeah. Uh, do you re- uh, do you remember anything about? the president episode because you, you had a few things to say mm-hmm. on the way up so feel free to express them <laughs> the the i think the president episode entirely existed because paul had an idea that for for the joke that's in there where uh jimmy james is pointing in front of the big picture of himself and mm-hmm. he takes his hand away and you can see and the reveals the picture has a mustache <laughs> i think the entire episode <laughs> was kind of based around that joke <laughs> and sort of in our imagination that looked like the scene from Citizen Kane uh-huh. with just mm-hmm. an enormous picture of him and like uh, you know you're then when you're in production you have to they have to build it in a very tiny set yeah in 35 minutes for eight dollars <laughs> that's not exactly what you wanted but that I think that's uh, that's pretty much the entire episode is based mm-hmm. around that that joke <laughs> That's awesome. So, did Jimmy James have the horrible mustache before Matthew? Then probably. Let's see. That's a. In what way? What do you mean? Uh, like writing wise. There, we, what we would do is we'd we'd write. You know, we'd we'd before the season we'd all come together and kind of try to figure out a bunch of ideas, and mm-hmm. then they, which would end up like on uh, note cards tacked to the wall of Paul's office. And uh, Matthew has a mustache was tacked up there for a long time. <laughs> so there's no more. Good idea than that it just seemed funny and like uh 
<laughs> and somehow, yeah, somehow they. It they, is funny. They came together. This is the I, season when it notoriously kind of the show loses its mind. Do you know what that uh, is an an effect of? Um, I think that we like as the show got sillier, we realized nothing. No one was going to tell us no, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just it just kept it kept spiraling downwards. Did it help that you were a sketch writer to write for that, or did uh, it just matter that you were a good writer? I I I, I don't know. I, we, it's certainly like we all we all enjoyed sort of that silly sketchy uh, uh, kind of scene. Yeah. Uh, question the uh, so in the episode uh, Matthew does comes back or dave walks in coming back from vacation everybody asks how he's doing and then matthew apparently also comes from back back from vacation now i'm just wondering if if it's a possibility that matthew just thought because dave was going on vacation that (laughs) hey it's vacation for everyone i guess this is when i'm supposed to take vacation because it's a (laughs) it's I, i think that was based on that we all work in television and in our experience everyone goes on hiatus right uh, and and then and then everyone comes back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So three, so, so like that's how offices work. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes okay. perfect sense. I, uh, but it, like the the next year, like the beginning of season four, we all came, like the when when uh, uh, Matthew goes went to Japan. <laughs> that was the yeah. same. That was the same thing. We're just like we all came back from vacation, so we wrote about our vacations. Cool. That's right. Like I had gone to Japan and was. I guess a real pain in the ass. I wouldn't stop talking about Japan. <laughs> so you actually went to Japan then? You didn't? Uh, I did. Go to Japan, okay, yeah. good. Milku. <laughs> Kohi. Sorry, that is just some of the funniest shit that's ever been on that show. Uh, do you. Well, what's your opinion of this episode? Of the president episode? It's a perfectly fine episode. <laughs> good. I am glad that it is a perfectly fine uh-huh. episode. In your, in your, uh-huh. Did you have some notes about it? I think you. I. I, I this... do, we can. I. I mild notes mm-hmm. as we go through. It just. It was odd. I rewatching this one in mm-hmm. light, like. It, uh, like in light of we basically just elected Jimmy James, and there's yep. a yep. lot of things yep. in this episode which seem painfully naive <laughs> about like. Uh, but and 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 some stuff that seemed like it kind of kind of. Uh, predicted some of the things about trump's actual campaign like uh-huh. the whole the whole idea that he's too rich to be bribed uh-huh right the, yeah. very much one of trump's actual talking points and the use of 70s rock music at the rallies <laughs> that's uh-huh. a really good point yeah totally uh i love hearing a marching totally band version of life's been good to be so far though that was mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we did that exact same joke on veep i had no one i had no recollection that really that <laughs> were um <laughs> When when uh, when Jonah runs for Congress, he uh, his song is is won't back down, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he has a, we have a marching band in the background. <laughs> oh my god, awesome! It's so so good. I keep I keep wanting to figure out if there are other shows that are in the news radio universe, and I'm going to say probably not. But it would be nice to think that there are some shows that one of you has implanted a seed from news radio into that could imply yeah I, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah that's a, not yet not yet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to do on that note is take a quick break a quick sponsorship break and we'll be right back 
Hey, Alan. Yes, Jason. Are you are you warm? I'm very warm right now. I'm so warm I could really use some ice cream. CVT soft serve? Oh, that's the kind that I want, sir. Well, if you're in Los Angeles, if you're elsewhere, I'm sorry, you're screwed. But if you're in Los Angeles, you should go to CVT soft serve. There's two trucks. There are two trucks now. Uh, visit at CVT soft serve wherever you can at things, and you can get chocolate. Vanilla? You can get twist. You can get sea salt on you top. Can, you can get sprinkles. You get, you can get coffee. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Tell them we said hi. And yeah, one we'll, of the trucks has like our friend Joe. Yeah, yeah. One of them will have our buddy Joe. The other one, the guy will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, that's what we're kind of hoping for. I'm waiting for him to start tweeting, "Who? what is this podcast? But that's it. So, <laughs> CVTSoftServe.com. And we're back with Lou Morton. Thank you so much again. Yeah. I'm going to thank you every Hello. time that we come back. <laughs> Great. Every five minutes, I'm just going to thank you for being here. Um, we have a timer for that. Uh, Do, yeah, Alan. Well, actually, I was going to ask, because uh, this season, they go out of naming the episodes uh, based on Zeppelin albums. Finally. Fin- we, we ran out of Zeppelin albums. Mm-hmm. Is that- the reason we did that, and it was incredibly annoying to us, because we had no idea what the episodes were about anymore, mm-hmm. is we didn't think anyone found out what the episode titles were. Because at the time, you didn't. Sure. <laughs> Like they weren't really in TV Guide, and and there, you know, there was no there was no internet. Yeah. And now now everyone knows what they were, but it was just sort of it seemed absurd that episodes needed titles, so we just sort of started doing dumb titles. Mm-hmm. I imagine the news group nerds must have known, and I say that in a nice way, like because the news. Group it's part. possibly did, but that I mean, the news group nerds was like maybe 30 people sure mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah but which by the way you can go back those archives are still up are they they're really? fun to read yeah yeah yeah, wow. mm-hmm. yeah. hi tavy hi tavy what's going on tavy tavy's the best she is tavy's <laughs> the only person who's listening to this so we, we the show should cater her more yeah it should <laughs> we should yeah, give her a weather report wherever Ooh. she may be you give where her does tavy live new york oh yeah mm-hmm. i think that's a that, that's I like, so everybody knows that, right? You can go on Twitter and see that she's in New York, right? I don't think anything about sure. Tavi is, is, is the state is, of New York. Not, the state of New York. Public uh, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, we gave her a lot of shout outs last episode. We did. And now she's just going to be, it's just an embarrassment of riches, really. <laughs> it's a running gag, Tavi. We love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. What was your question? You had a question, Alan. Uh, Why isn't no, Tavy on the show? Why haven't you had Tavy on the show? You well, could have her call in. Skype that's, oh, we've been we we yeah. I've asked her, well, so I think that we'll, would be a really good show at some point. Yeah. It'll be an amazing show. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great at some point. And yeah, and I've just got to yeah. And then the next step is get some get some of the cast. Tavy to people who who don't know, and I of course anyone listening to this does know because the only person listening to this is Tavy. Tavy was kind of our our biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And it came to I guess she was uh, the biggest kids in the hall fan, right? And kind of we we uh, we, we we got her sort of adopted her, her divorce. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, and if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have found that amazing. Uh, she she found her archives of that the French uh, artist piano who drew all those amazing news radio comics, which I assume you've seen. No. <gasps> All right. I'll Wait, Tavy. Tavy was the one behind. Yeah, that? she found those. She oh. found. Them. We still can't find him. This guy is impossible to find. Let's just say, if you're out there, piano or his other name was Olivier. If you're out there, please hunt us down. We're actually trying to do a news radio tribute comic, uh, which we haven't even talked about yet on the podcast. But if you guys have art, well, submit that's, it to us. this is new information for me. Hi, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> when we were doing the show, it also felt like we were doing it only for Tavy, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. no one watched the show. Right. No one watched it. We we 
we, when we watched it, thought maybe people will discover it in reruns. And that was sort of, we, we took it on faith people would discover it in reruns. And someday there would be a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, so, I definitely watched it. It's amazing you predicted podcasts that early. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually got big into it uh, when they syndicated it. Like right before the fifth season came out, they syndicated it on our, our local uh, Fox station. And it was, uh, that's when I became obsessed. That's when like, my brother and my friends became obsessed. Uh, and then they stopped showing it. So then we ended up having to buy DVDs and what have you. But And then I remember having a trouble tracking down every new episode in season five because NBC kept kind of moving it. Sure. Two sure. different nights that's, week. That's what news radio is all about. <laughs> <laughs> did you? What did you know of the show before you got on it? Did you? Had you seen it? Um, yeah, I'd seen it, and I knew I liked it, and I knew my friend Josh was on it, mm-hmm. and I had met Paul once, and that's that's pretty much all. I knew. And that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. All right. And then they still and uh, still. and Phil Hartman, who who I had worked with at uh, at. Uh, uh, Saturday Night Live. Had you written anything? I knew been I in? was scared of him. Oh, sure, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. He seemed intimidating. He was a little delightfully so. so funny though, so good. He's the best. Yeah, you the you write a scene for him, and the funniest thing in the scene would be something you didn't think was in it. Right. Mm. I, He's just so good. I never. I don't know if I've seen anybody else like deliver a line that should meant to be be boring, and then he can just make yeah. it like hilarious. Not that I'm not saying that there's any boredom but what I'm saying is that, oh, you, know, they were you can find that way <laughs> <laughs> did you ever take it for granted that this will be funny if, you, if Phil makes it funny I mean I, that's what I am sure I'm, yeah mm. just like this 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 you 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 just can count on it you just assume well he's gonna deliver it he's gonna carry even if I didn't give a shit about the scene at the time well there's a lot of like you'd think it would be funny one way and he would do it the okay. opposite way sure and it would be funnier I get that did uh, could you just write uh, in the opening? Could you just write physical gag for Andy Dick, and he would just do something? Or, no, no, oh, really? those took a lot of engineering. It was it, it was a it was a lot a lot of thought and, and, and enterprise went into coming up with a new gag every every week. Did you have a favorite one that you remember? Easy. I don't remember anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Davey, call in. Let us know what your favorite uh, Matthew gag is. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think uh, as far uh, okay is there anything that stands out from this episode for you as like particularly particularly funny is there anything that's like um I I really enjoy the 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 picture the big picture of, of Jimmy with three points and then he draws his hand away and reveals the mustache mm-hmm. and I really like that they then lower the picture and it's just <laughs> It's just sort of Jimmy's eyes peering over the back so of the stage. So creepy and stupid looking. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I wonder if that uh, still exists somewhere. If they just threw that out, because that would be amazing. It's that gigantic. Picture. I know. I don't know what you do with they it. They must but. have thrown it out. It uh, makes me sad. I, I keep trying to hunt down the, the old set because I I'm told that the set was somewhere at one point being used to teach students. Really? Yeah, that's what I was told. Oh. But then I also heard that it might no longer exist after that, which makes me after sad. After this, I'll tell you who to call. Okay, I'll <laughs> take that. Uh, that yeah. sounds like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> um, Alan, do you do you you know what, Jen? Let's start with you. Do you have a favorite part of this episode? Like, just, we, we don't have to do favorite like lines or favorite scenes necessarily. Um, I, I uh, one of the lines I really like is just is. Is Bill saying, hey, don't talk about my crazy man that way. <laughs> that is a really great line. I mean, he, 
I feel like th- this is this is this could have been like maybe a Lisa heavy episode, but she's just kind of there waiting for shit to happen, which yeah. is which is too bad. It's not like necessarily character development for her. It's more of a she's there to to shut Jimmy down. Or am I not, wrong? Not like not like development necessarily to me, but like um, she's definitely in her element. And then there's part she's in her element, but she doesn't want to be because she is kind of friends as much as you can be with Jimmy, like. Sure. So, you know, she she she's like, oh my god, this is the perfect opportunity for me, but it shouldn't be a bad opportunity. But she's like, the perfect person to be there and do that thing. And she's finally doing a reporter's job. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't I don't know how often she actually does that or scoops anybody. Sure, because mostly it's everybody standing around the office and either having lunch or sitting in the in the in the break room. Were there were there particular places you like to write for better? Particular scenes that are uh, uh, that is to say sets that were just like let's just write a break room scene because we want it here. Not really. Okay. Um, it was always question. fun to do something with the window between uh, <laughs> between Dave's office and the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that window and door are almost like characters in in the show sometimes because they're just so thought about and used so often every time it's broken is fantastic um i've never seen another door like that either what dave's door yeah yeah no i want dave's door it's i have a weird obsession this podcast actually might just be (laughs) jason's infinite search to find dave's door it'll it'll never happen but is there there anything even vaguely interesting about dave's door is it any different from any other door it's there's this teal or aqua yeah on it like around the the wood i just yeah. i don't see it's unusual it. yeah and i there's something about right. it that i really like i don't know I've there was a that point it, i may have been between season two and season three when we replaced the the conference table with a smaller conference table mm-hmm. just completely to scale but smaller just so that when we shot everyone at the conference table they'd be closer together it's okay mm. that makes sense what happened to the original that's one? a boring thing no, no, I someone threw in the garbage. I'm sure. That, uh, you know that's so stupid that we'd be that obsessed <laughs> that we would love to have that table. I mean, no, Alan just table, made a noise no. like he might want to make love to it a little oh bit, and gosh. like you know, no, not 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 in the first date. It okay, takes a few. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I'm just saying when you're obsessed <laughs> with something, you're obsessed. <laughs> you know, what? I feel like we should at least do the episode the honor of giving a basic breakdown of the of the plot. Okay. Basic plot is Jimmy James is running for president. Turns out it's it's actually a plot to uh, to get more women. Is this the what? last? Yeah, is this the last one where we actually talk about the wives list? The wife candidate. Ooh, because he does get a lot more technically a lot more wife candidates at the end of this because he has that phone number one eight hundred J James. One assumes he's burned through his list at this point. I assume. I assume. Did we just never mention the list again? I don't think so. I. I could no, be a bad true, fan. Because I'd, I'd have to go... Uh, <laughs> we'd have to rewatch. I, think, I feel like we're going to run into it again, though. We could. <laughs> we could. But at some point, we get into some crazy arcs and stuff that are just completely unrelated. And Jimmy just goes <laughs> legit insane at some point and becomes D.B. Cooper. You know. <laughs> well, like on this one, uh, actually, one of my, my favorite moments might be him saying that he was deep throat. And then Lisa saying, come on, you are not deep throat. And him just saying, and I challenge a real deep throat to come forward. Yeah, I didn't think so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. But it's one of the few things that gets followed up on later. I mean, later in the, the show. I mean, it's cartoony mm. in that rarely do we actually as much carry through the entire series. But every once in a while, a little thing like him being deep throat just <laughs> pops back up again. 
Jason, do you have a favorite moment? Uh, my favorite moment. Uh, oh boy. Uh, I do really like the mustache moment. It is very funny. <laughs> uh, but honestly, uh, it's probably when uh, Bill starts to to pee in the urinal while they're giving oh, Matthew God, a speech yes. about how he should shave the mustache. And just the delivery is is amazing. Is it just like he wants everybody to tell what? Let's see. What is it? Oh, only you can decide to make the right decision. And then he just starts unzipping himself and walking over to the urinal. It's a dumb, childish joke, but I love it very, very much. <laughs> Uh, Lou, you may or may not. I don't know if there's any particular. I have, part I have of this a couple, episode. a couple other favorite moments. Okay. Um, one is when is afterwards when they're reading the newspaper article about, about uh about Jimmy's failed run for president. Mm-hmm. When they're looking, it's not a prop newspaper; it's a real newspaper, and they're <laughs> reading a headline that's not on the newspaper. <laughs> and I think just we just assumed at the time you wouldn't be able to read it on TV. And you and I, I'm. I bet you couldn't until it was, you know, transferred to DVD. Yeah, it's probably higher resolution. Mm-hmm. But uh, the same newspapers were on the set the entire run of the show. It was just like <laughs> whatever, whatever newspaper, New York, New York Times was current when uh, when the, the pilot was shot. And, uh, so it's like the same. It was just every every newspaper on the set is the business section of the New York Times from some like like January 1995 and the big headline is uh, Glaxo buys welcome for 3.5 billion dollars <laughs> which we would talk about a lot <laughs> it was the only it was the only because like there's you'd be on the set there'd be nothing you'd read you'd want to read the newspaper but there was, it was the same newspaper you'd read for three years newspaper. Oh my God. Was there only one copy of it, or were there a couple copies? No, there are lots of copies. Okay, that's amazing. just the exact. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So they didn't even bother. Now the whole time was 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 Jody Man the prop person the whole time? Because yes. I'm okay. So because I am trying to get her on the podcast. But, Hi Jody. And but she it did so much amazing. Like I have a million questions. Jody's great. Jody's I'm a prop great. person, but I, I can we hold this? To her, can we hold her feet to the fire by not putting together a new newspaper for you guys? Can we blame her before she ever does the show? <laughs> um, I would bet what happened is we didn't write in that anyone needed to look at a newspaper right, until right. the moment it was too late to make uh-huh. the prop. Uh-huh. So I would imagine it's not like a rocket fuel liquor bottle. It's, yeah. it's 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 one of those incidental things where you discover it. However, you discover whatever works. I don't know. They grab a newspaper. My other favorite moment is during the press conference. When they keep cutting, they keep cutting Jimmy's press conference to run for president. They keep cutting back to the office where the the rest of the cast is watching on a on a TV, and the extras are watching on a second TV way in the background. Because apparently, they weren't allowed to watch the same TV as everyone else. The show, like we used to talk a lot about how ridiculous it was that there are all these other people who worked in the office that no one ever talks to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these extras are kind of like, they're like a, the, a lower cast. Yeah. yeah. And it ended up being in the show more and more. Right. Where until like one, when one of them dies and no one knows who he is. Yeah. Right. And like we would, you know, uh, Joe Fury would come on and uh, people would think he's one of the extras. And right. He, <laughs> he doesn't actually work there. <laughs> how many episodes was he in? So many. Did he play, he's a mime. A lot. He's a, a, a very funny mime. actor. Oh, yeah. He's so, great. So, you know, <laughs> we like to use ourselves, which, which uh, you know, you don't have to cast, but, which, uh, yeah. Were you in any of the episodes? I was in, in the, f- in the show where, 
um, where uh, uh, Phil goes to the insane asylum. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Lieb and I played uh, insane people. Really? Nice. Which <laughs> Paul Sims was annoyed with us for some reason and basically put us in there to, I guess, to punish us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where in the, at the table read, the... The, the stage direction was two insane idiots and in parentheses <laughs> Josh and Lou. It's amazing. And it, and 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 I'm I'm not a performer. It was it was totally terrifying. Really? Yeah, it was just very stressful. It was a, it was a fitting punishment. Had, had you done much? I mean, I guess that's a big audience to jump to if you're not a performer. Like that's huge. Had you ever done anything on SNL? Like even like I know every once in a while like Conan would show up in the back in the back. I was an extra occasionally. Yeah. But that's I was it. like the youngest writer. You end up having to be an extra every once in a while. Okay, that makes sense. So there, there was nothing. There was no future episode you you wrote. You're just like, I want to give myself a small part here. No, no, <laughs> I have a lot of problems as a writer, but that's not one of that's them. Not one okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who? Okay. You know. Uh, yes. Uh, 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 what's the name of this podcast? This is called Dispatches from yes, Fort Austin. Yes, Fort Austin was my house, you know. It was your it was house. house. It yeah. was your house. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people have since, I mean, on Facebook, I, could, I was like, I'm going to name my house Fort Austin. So many people have just stolen that from you. Sure. I didn't know it was yours. It was mine. I, and I, I wrote it into the secret of bit management. Yes. Episode. It should be noted this podcast is not done from Lou's house. This is from Jason's place. So That's my, I don't live there anymore. It's a different, it's a, I live in a different house. Okay, see. But we also, I mean, I've called my place Fort Austin for the last seven years. So thank you. Thank you for that. Sure. I mean, I always You're knew. welcome I, to it. You You're know, if I, if I had a place that I would share with somebody, like, you, part of the deal is that you, I get to call it a news radio thing. And then that, that's, you know, that's how you fall in love. Somebody says <laughs> that's absolutely fine. We should approve this with Tavy as well, but. I'm not going through Tavy for okay, this. I'm sorry. It's too late, Alan. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Jason. Uh, do you, who whose line who stole Spiro Agnew's line, uh, line nattering nabobs? Who threw that in there? Do you have any idea? We were all pretty <laughs> obsessed with with Watergate references. Yeah, yeah. I it was probably either Paul or Josh Lieb. Mm-hmm. It's a solid line. It's a solid, which I think yeah. at the time I. I'm wondering if I thought that was a line from the show and may not, because I don't think I knew who Spiro Agnew was at the time, because I was little. Right. Um, I'd be little. shocked if that's the only Nattering Nabobs and negativism. Yeah, I think it's the second time. Yeah, I think you're right. No, made. I think you're absolutely right, because you mentioned that earlier, and the more I think of it, it has to have popped up. You were quoting it. I think Bill says it. Yeah, yeah, he does. That's a good point. Okay, that makes sense. I couldn't tell you the phrase. But you episode. can tell, like, watching the other episode, that, like, Politics in general did not excite us that much, but we really knew a lot and cared a lot about Watergate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Has that helped on Veep? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Veep is, is entirely based on Nixon. Mm-hmm. Thought maybe. Um, Alan, did you have another question or another point to make? Don't think that, this is a this more one. non-traditional episode. I took yeah. a ton of notes, but it's more fun to talk around it, honestly, sometimes. Um, uh I'm I'm a the Matthews mustache. I'm assuming that was that a, a prop stash. Yeah, it's uh, and where it might the, technically be wardrobe, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that's not a real mustache. No, I figured. Sure. We're, we're, yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. what happened is is they put seven different prop mustaches on it mm-hmm. and sent us Polaroids of all of them, mm-hmm. and you can't deny the gigantic <laughs> mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm kind of curious as to what the other stashes would look like too now. But mm-hmm. they there's picked a, the winner. There's <laughs> a solid dance fever reference in this episode. Yep. They refer to him as Freddie Mercury cir- circa 1980, I think mm-hmm. she says oh, at yeah. one point. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's also a Chappaquiddick reference. I forgot about that. Uh, they're going to make Chapp- Chappaquiddick look like a ride at Disneyland is what she says at one point. Which is upsetting. It's it's a pretty dark, pretty dark joke for for a sitcom. Sure, but I mean, you probably didn't care. Would do? Did you have a sense of what your audience was at the time, or were you just writing for you? Oh, we were entirely just writing for us. We were we were pretty sure our audience was nobody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's freeing, right? Or is it also super worrisome at the same time? It was pretty freeing. It was a, we weren't going to get canceled in the middle of the season. We didn't mm-hmm. think, right? And uh, <laughs> you know, we definitely every. Every last episode of the season we assumed was the last episode of the series. Sure. Which is why at some point it's just space or Titanic. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, <laughs> so good. I don't, no one, I mean, like, maybe the show didn't invent theme TV, obviously, but for the 90s, yeah. had Buffy even come out yet? Was Buffy doing a musical episode I yet? I don't think it, they did anything. If I it was mean, out, I don't think they did anything weird right. yet, but. I mean, I feel Not like news radio ushered in this new weird sort of, because I know there's so many references to like Green Acres, which is in, an insane <laughs> show. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of references to Green Acres, which was not as old and obscure reference then. Of course, no, of course. It I mean, still I knew old it and was. obscure. Yeah, right. Whose whose love was it? Every did you all have a thing for old old, but you know, older TV for. I didn't really know Green Acres. Okay. I know like Brad Isaacs did and Josh did. And although when when was that episode the, the TV episode, was that season three? I think I so because I don't think we've hit it yeah. yet. We haven't, we haven't talked about it yet. yet that episode, I'm not sure Brad was still with the show. the The episode where Dave hides under hides under his desk and everyone is talking about him. Yes, mm-hmm. we did That's that. Yeah. That really two. happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It really happened and ended with, um, it ended with Brad leave, eventually leaving the show. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the that. That episode is worth getting the DVD and listening to the commentary of, yeah. because that commentary <laughs> is the first time uh, Brad Isaacs and and Paul Sims spoke since that actual incident. So it's them sort of it's them actually like like uh, uh, making amends with, with their actual friendship. Wow. I gotta admit, it nice. sounds sounds uh, kind of relaxed for what is clearly actually going on when you wow. listen sure. to it. <laughs> wow, kind of insane. Yeah, no, it's well, a, good for them yeah, for it's like a third figuring episode, it out yeah. better late than never. And the only reason I wasn't there complaining about Paul also is because I was asleep in my office. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if I had more stamina and hadn't gone and taken a nap, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure I would have been there also. Of course. I mean, that's what you do. It's the boss. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter how much you love the boss. I, yeah. I got to ask this just because, uh, you know, obviously someone had a love of Green Acres. What, what, what was your, like, big influences from TV shows? Do you have any ones you remember? Oh, like Taxi and Mash, for the most part. Yeah, Solid. Mash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck, that's that's one of those again. I, mean, well, I watch those both of those every day. Those that, that's just what what syndicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any that you so those, obsessively then? So did you watch them obsessively? They're on every day. Like there was one was on at six and one was on at six thirty or yeah, mash seven and seven thirty. And, and what choice did I have? Yeah, that's what, that's what was <laughs> nothing on. else to do. Yeah, nothing else to do. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited to get to talk about um, I'm, if you can do it arcade. But if you can't do it, did you, did you want? Did you have any stories about arcade? Do you wanted to talk about in case the the time oh, doesn't sure. match up? Sure. Uh, uh, 
we had an arcade at the time in, mm-hmm. in our office, mm-hmm. and I was obsessed with Robotron. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't write the episode, but I called up Eugene Jarvis, who wrote Robotron and Defender and Stargate Defender, um, and, and invited him to come be an extra, which weirdly he decided to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just such a strange guy. It's like he flew in first class from Chicago um, where he was working, like, making this cru- Cruising USA that mm-hmm. old game. He was writing that. Um, and his his only uh, his, his only luggage was, like, a brown shopping bag mm-hmm. with the head clothes in. That was, it was a very shiny <laughs> brown shopping bag. He clearly used a lot. <laughs> and then, so he came, and they outfitted him for the wardrobe, and we were... I, I really wanted to play Robotron with him because mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Robotron. That was his game. And so we were playing and he would get really into it, like banging on the, on the screen and got, <laughs> oh, getting angry. Yes. And so he, he, he wasn't that good. Yeah. And he, <laughs> at one point he was afraid he was going to wrinkle his wardrobe. Play, so he like takes his shirt off. So it's me and him playing, <laughs> he, playing a- Robotron, him with no shirt. And it's like, no one cares if you're, you're, Shirt well, is wrinkled. You're you're gonna be an extra. You don't have a line. No one's gonna know you're there. It's not like we're gonna zoom in on your lapels. No one cares. But and then I asked him to sign it. Uh huh. To sign the machine, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What should I write?" And I'm like, "I I don't care. Nothing. It's fine. Just sign it. It's fine. Whatever." And so he writes, "You rock my robo, Eugene Jarvis." Which is just <laughs> the, uh, that's so good. Amazing. <laughs> Fine. And then, so then he did the show, and, and it was a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I did really enjoy beating him. He was, he was a great sport. And, and then and then afterwards, we had to write a whole new show for the next day's table read. And he wouldn't leave. <laughs> oh so God. Paul's office had a piano in it. Mm-hmm. So he was just up there play, having a great time just playing <laughs> piano and, like, hanging out with us. And it's like, we really need you to leave. Because <laughs> we have no script for tomorrow, and and I guess I we probably just push the table read a day. We we're all we always push the table read a day. That's so good. Oh my gosh! You guys didn't have any like a uh, a PA or anything? Just be like, hey, uh, you, uh, hey, you, look you'll over take here. Yeah. He was resistant to that. Sort yeah, of thing. Oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, one thing from a previous episode. I'm not sure you talked about in the. Uh, Tone Loke and Toby Huss playing the security guards, yeah. which mm-hmm. was def- very much based on working at Silent Live, uh-huh. where they, the security guards would recognize you and not let you off the room if you have your ID. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Tone Loke was playing Lorenzo, who mm-hmm. was a real person, who was a security guard at at Sunset Gower Studio okay. where he worked, who would just sort of befriended us and would come around and, and just eat food out of our out of our kitchen. <laughs> and like we would constantly leave to go have dinner before we started working and then we'd come back and he'd go, like, Hey, bring me back something to chomp on and which we wrote we put right in the script. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love that line. It's, it's yeah. And there was another security guard who would just come and play come hang out and play video games mm-hmm. and we'd hired him. <laughs> this guy Rich Harris. Uh-huh. Who, who I hadn't seen in a long time, but he, yeah, we, we hired him and he be, he was a PA for, wow. for a couple of years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. God damn it. I was born. So hi, Rich Harris. Hi, no, Rich Harris. Rich Harris isn't Tavy. He's not listening. 
um, well, do we want to do? Did you write down favorite, like actual favorite moment, favorite line? I feel like we kind of covered that a little bit. Because um, we, we can do that since we're towards the end here. Well, let's see here. My favorite line. Mm-hmm. I have it. Just a second. Do you have it? I do somewhere. I'll say that mine is there are two there are actually quite a few good ones but I am Sparkatus too is pretty good yeah yeah it was up there with me cause she's it's a dumb dumb line and it's so great ridiculous. it's a delight it's a delight um, I think I already said my favorite moment which is Bill peeing it's a lot of paper one. flipping in this episode I'm gonna no isn't isn't I am Sparkatus what oh, I'm totally looking I'm sorry I flipped to the right next call page. you out shut up I flipped um, to the wrong page. For, for this one, for me, it's between Still Hey, don't episode. talk about my crazy man that way. Mm-hmm. And and that's right, baby. Eat it up. Eat it all up. <laughs> I can't believe I flipped forward to that. Because you insane. can't not picture More. that actually happening with the bird seed in his hand it's for true. some reason. There's this weird anachronism in the <laughs> show about they really want to stop him from making a fool of himself by running for president and failing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like since then we've seen like you can do that and it's fine yeah Pl- like yeah plenty of people run for president and don't make a fool of themselves and they're yeah. fine yeah it seems yeah. to it seems it's to no work deal. out okay yeah like, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of think maybe some people just leave it there just to, it's it's okay you looked stupid the last time you tried maybe maybe don't run again mm-hmm. oh you know what so, I'll, I'll i'll say I, my favorite line is uh you want to swap some spit why don't i just spit on you from here i like that line <laughs> Mine might be uh, Mr. James uh, saying, Lisa, I am a cipher, a cipher wrapped in an enigma covered in secret sauce. Pretty good. You know how many... (laughs) Okay, had that joke been on shows before? Because I feel like a million people have done it since. But I I feel like news radio is the first place I've really heard that bit done. I don't think anyone else had done it at that point right it just it seems like something that's that was out there that you could reference but then i i've i've, I've heard that joke done a million times yeah since. it's definitely it's definitely at this point a very old comedy reference but like i think we might, we might have broken that one I, I i i at least for me i and i try and keep track of this stuff because i'm a nerd for it i've n- i've never heard it before that solid line i know i haven't okay good <laughs> jen um i think my favorite um, moment is just Bill kissing Matthew. Oh fuck yeah! And of not and not you know he I think he honestly did enjoy. I mean I think he enjoyed maybe like the the power over him that he maybe I'm he sure had he temporarily. Did. I'm but sure he did. but I think he also was just like yeah well, why not try it? Mm-hmm. That wasn't entirely unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, speaking of Bill McNeil, should we get into uh, your segment, Jen? Sure. That was a thing where you, you just know it's going to destroy. Of course. In front of the live and it did. Of it course. Did and oh, it's yeah. a solid kiss. Like that's not a that's not a stage kiss. No, oh. he's smiling mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you know, because uh, I know they did this in this uh, massage chair, and uh, I, I like that they actually have the video over the, the the credits starting here. I know they did it like once or twice in the previous, but because he is talking to Al Roker mm-hmm. in the chair. Mm-hmm. Oh when, yeah. <laughs> That was like a that was the thing where like all of a sudden you have to have a credit tag. Or was it just like kind of a new thing that it was like, like C, it was like what NBC wanted? Okay. Interesting. Wanted us to do. Well, it was fun. I mean, it, it also works. I'd never seen Al Roker try to act before either. That's kind of weird. So you still may not have. <laughs> <laughs> I said try. So you know, I mean, uh, do we are we ready for a special segment called 
The Real Deal with Bill McNeil. That's way more embarrassing with an actual writer of the yeah, show in the room, by the way. That's super <laughs> fucking embarrassing. Uh, from the ether. Your voices are like angels. Thank you. Um, so, you know, it's not like a super... I mean, you know, Bill's throughout it, and he's definitely doing Bill stuff, but it's... um. You know, he's he's pretty simple in this one compared to some of the other ones. Uh, he he really gets it in his head that he's gonna be like like his name's gonna be in papers from other reporters. Like, sure. like he's gonna be a big shot like reporter because he's friends with the president, and he doesn't really care. Uh, I think if they think that he's a great journalist. I think he mostly wants the attention. Sure. And he, um, uh, his headline, like, he's not ramping up to do great journalistic work with this fame. Like, his headlines that he suggests, and I, I'm blanking on the one that was really, really bad that he blurts out that maybe you have, Alan. I don't I'm know. Right, let me get... But they, they all suck. have crazy. They man suck. In the title. His headlines. Yeah. They all have crazy men. Look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really funny, but for a reporter, they they super suck. And uh, yeah, he just wants Jimmy to act crazy and for him to be able to write about it and know, you know, maybe some extra information and and get lots of attention for it and. He doesn't really care for the non-attention parts. He doesn't care the nuances of it for himself and what it would mean to be Bill McNeil. He's just like, they will know my name. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big part of his personality. He just wants people to know and know him and maybe love him because they know him, but mostly just know him maybe. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's unclear. Yeah. Well, that's that's all, that's all I got. Do you do you do you? It's okay if you, you don't. You know, on my my. It's my job. I didn't write it down. My handwriting that I typed with is all messy. So you're I'm typing this messy. Okay, I guess. that's great. That's got great. It. Well, this has been the, the real deal with Bill McNeil. Still embarrassing. <laughs> um, well, Lou, this comes out tomorrow. Uh, really? So do you have anything uh, you want to promote? Maybe. Anything that's uh, coming up? Anywhere people can find you? Uh, you can't find me. Okay. Well, I mean, we got you here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that sounded r- way more ominous. Listen to this podcast again. Yeah, I've been don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll let him leave, folks. Don't worry. <laughs> you don't have a Twitter handle that's as strange as DC Guzzler, do you? Because no, okay. if, if only. It's a I'm, solid I'm handle. At Lou Morton. Uh, I'm writing for Veep. Everyone watch that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that it? That's all I got. All right, all right that's simple, Alan. Uh, well, we got a few more festivals for uh, the screenplay Three to Die that I co-wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking to some people, so hopefully we will be in production to that soon. Uh-huh. When you say <laughs> I can't we. guarantee. Now, when you say oh, we. Oh, we'll bring you. No, yeah, you, it, you, it, were, it, you were the stage uh, reading. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just committing, committing you to it every time we talk on the podcast, because if you renege, you'd be a real asshole. Davey will hold me accountable. Okay, that's fine. Um, that's that's it for me. Just listen to the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. Also, the Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour podcast. Go see my movie, Lords of Soaptown. ly forward slash Soaptown DVD. I haven't advertised that in a while. Uh, that's about it. So, until next time, catch you later, later B-Cakes. B-cakes. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Bye, Tavy. <laughs>
Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickard and Jason Klom, and our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. Please subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio. Visit stolendress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Big day today, Dave.